0: The message you're about to listen to is by Rev. Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. So, the Bible is a Christ-centered document, as we've seen, alright? The purpose of the book will tell you how it was written and the content, why you find certain things written in the book. Alright, so the Bible is not a multi-purpose document. It is not a multi-purpose document. If you have history in the Bible, it is there for a purpose. It is a means to an end. If you have economics in the Bible, it is there for a purpose. It's a means to an end. Alright, it is not an end in itself. If you have marriage... And the Bible, it is a means to an end. The Bible is not a book of marriage. The Bible has marriage in it to communicate the very essence and the very message, all right, for which the book was written. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Turn in there quickly. 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 15. You know, <laughs> glory to God. One of the hardest things to do is to teach from the Bible what the Bible was not originally purposed for. Now look at 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15. It says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is... In Somebody is being healed of a problem in the left ear. Praise the Lord left ear somebody has been healed of something going on in the left ear glory to God all right he says thank you Lord Jesus then there's somebody else whose discharge is dried up that's a discharge issue is dried up you are healed in the name of Jesus Amen. that recurrent infection is gone from you in the mighty name of Jesus Amen. all right he says but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Teaching on discipleship. And that from a child, everybody read it. says, and that from a what? A child. Thou hast known what? The holy scriptures, uh-huh, which are what? Able to make thee what? Wise unto what? Salvation. Through faith it is in what? Christ Jesus. So, it means the purpose for which the scriptures were written, was for men to come to a place of what? Salvation through faith in who? In Christ Jesus. So if you read Genesis to Malachi, and you close the book, you say, wow, who is this guy called Christ Jesus through whom salvation is going to come? Are you following what I'm saying? That's the purpose for the book. Then look at verse 16. It now says, all scripture is given what? By inspiration of what? Of God." And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So that means that all of the scriptures can be used for correction, reproof, for instruction in the righteousness that Christ makes possible via the salvation he's bringing. Are you following that? Are you following that? So, that is the purpose for the book. Now, Jesus alludes to these same things in St. John's Gospel, chapter number 5. Look at John chapter 5. He says, search the Scriptures. One of the signs of your worship to God is searching the Scriptures. Many people think that praise and worship is about singing. Alright, you know, worship, there's there's an aspect of worship that has to do with the fruit of your lips. But uh, the heavy part and the heavy component of worship has to do with your relationship with what God has done in Christ. And your studying the Word is a form of worship. Glory to God. I said glory to God. It's a form of worship. Renewing your mind with the Word is a form of worship. Feeding on the word is a form of worship. Prayer and intercession is a form of worship. So you serve God with prayers. You serve God in studying the word. Hallelujah. You serve him in studying the word. Some folks think they are worshiping, but they are actually in a sing-along contest. Are you following what I'm saying? A sing-along. So a song is playing and you are singing along. That's not worship. You're singing along. You like music. Some actually love music, but they say they like worship. Don't miss things up. One of these days we're going to do a series on worship. What worship is. It? Have we done that? I don't think we've done that here. Worship. No, we've not. Now look at John 5:39. Look at Jesus says. He says, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have what? Eternal life. And they are there which what? Testify of who? Of me. So the scriptures testify of Jesus. He didn't say some scriptures. He said the scriptures. They testify of me. Now turn to Luke chapter number 24. St. Luke's gospel chapter number 24. Oh yeah, the thing is kicking in now. Let me explain something to you because I'm training you guys to be ministers. Mm. (laughs) Sometimes. When I start to preach, as I'm, before I get on stage, I'm feeling the power of God already. You understand? So everything is looking, whoo, the anointing is you know, bubbling. You know. Then there are some times I feel nothing. I'm like dry like a cucumber. Just dry. But you see, you have to learn whether you are dry or you are full to do what God has asked you to do. Are you following? Now I'll tell you. I finished preaching in the first service. You know, I'm just trying to share this for experience, you know. oh, wonderful service and all, came. As I was, you know, I was worshipping in the car, singing, you know, blessing the Lord and the Holy Ghost. And I came, remember I just came out of the car and got here, I felt dry. So I was speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. And I came up, come. I felt dry. But just now, the poom kicked. I remember if I put on an AC and it's making noise. But the compressor has not picked. Tell me if you know what I'm talking about. Come on, we know what I'm talking about now. But when it peaks, the cool air comes out, right? Uh, uh, that's how it is. So my compressor does speak. Hallelujah. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. You didn't know. Could you tell the difference? No. You see? tell a difference. Hallelujah. All right, good. Where does I say she Huh? Luke 24. All right, let's look at it. Luke 24. And verse 27. Aha. Look at what he says. He says, no, 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 no. Let us start from, I want you to see something. (laughs) Glory to God. I want us to see something. Now look at from verse 14. I want you to see the thoughts. He says, and they thought together of all these things which had happened. 15. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Ah. Their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Now, guys, I you have notice something that this is similar to what happens in the reading of the Old Testament. In that Christ is present, but the eyes of people, all right, are veiled. So even though Christ is before them, they cannot tell that this is Christ. Are you following? aha uh-huh. So it says, their eyes were old in that they could not what? They could not see him. Okay, go on. The next verse that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another? As he walked an asad. <laughs> and the one of them, whose name was Cleopas answering, said unto him, I thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days. And he said unto them, What things? Jesus is acting as though he doesn't know. And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and, and have crucified him. Verse 21, everybody read. read it says what? Yes. But we, had, we trusted that it had been he we should have what? Redeemed Israel, and beside all this, to so this day is the third day since these things were done. So that means they knew there was a Messiah coming from scriptures. Is that correct? But their interpretation of what that Messiah would come to do was that it would be a political Messiah. Are you following? That it was going to come and redeem Israel. Like Moses redeemed Israel from Egypt. Are you following? So that when he came, he was going to come like David and like Zoro. You understand? Lead them into battle and vanquish the Romans and say, I am. You understand? So they were disappointed. Uh uh. We're looking for a champion. And this champion is dead. Now look at it. He said, I have the chief chiefs, and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. 21. Everybody read, he says what? But we trusted that the which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today is the third day since these things were done. Yeah, and certain women also of the company made us astonished, which were earlier the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels. We said that he was alive. And certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulchre and found it even so, as the women had said, but him they saw not. 25. Then he said unto them, Oh fools, what a what a response. <laughs> Jesus, was, Jesus is very direct. He said, Oh fools, and you're there. Do you understand? It's like me you are all there. You say, Ah, Pastor, this is not politically correct. What do you mean? Uh-uh. Is it because I'm in your church? Do you understand? listen, I always ask someone that if many of us were around when Jesus was around, would there have been one of the people to stone him? I told him one day, I said, Lord, I said, look, Lord, the way you used to talk, if they were stoning you, I would have been like Paul, I would have been one of the you understand? Because of the way he spoke, all fools! Got brood of vipers. Snakes. That's how Jesus talked. <laughs> Jesus spoke his mind. Praise God. But his mind was the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. He said, "All fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophet have spoken." Hold on, which means every single thing that happened, this prophet had what spoken about it. And I'm going to show you something here: how the prophet spoke and how you can interpret it. Glory to God! How many of you love that? Uh huh. He says, "All right, all fools and slow of heart to on that, to believe all that the prophets have spoken." 26, everybody read. He says, What? Ought not Christ to have what? Suffered these things and to what? Enter into what? His glory. So that means their understanding was different from the truth. The death of Jesus was necessary for him to enter into his glory and take us into his glory. Hallelujah. All right. He says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory. 27, everybody read. He says, What? And beginning at what? And what? All the prophets he expounded unto them in what all the scriptures, the things concerning what himself. Now listen, he says, beginning at Moses and in all the prophets, he expounded. Now the word expounded there is their menu, and it means to interpret. Glory to God. Now, why is it that Jesus needed to interpret? What was already in the law and the prophet concerning him? Because what was in the law and the prophet concerning him was not plainly written. It was written in a figure of speech. I'll give you an example. Turn your Bible to St. John's Gospel chapter 3. Glory to God. John 3. Hey, glory to God! If you're coming for the first time, so thank you so much. We love you. Hallelujah! God bless you. Amen. We welcome you after the service. Just be patient. I know the sermon may not be like something you've heard heard before, but I can assure you, you are in a church. Glory to God. (laughs) You're in a church. I promise. I assure you, it's a church you are in. (laughs) So one time said, "Ah, ah, pastor, is this a school? Ah, 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 can you be giving us verses, verses? Show power!" You know, some, some folks actually think that that's what the church is for. That on Sunday, when people come, it's just for power. You understand? Power. You get, like a babalao. No, power. You know. Glory to God. The church is a school. It's a family. But it's also a what? A school. Lest we gather together and sing and shout about a God we don't know. And pray to a God we don't know. So you now begin to hear people pray, My father, my father! Kill anyone that's... You know, you understand? And you'll be embarrassing God and the angels. So when you are praying, angels are saying... Shoo! You understand? Ah, now wow. Hey, hey, now New Testament we do. You understand? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I remember all the time, I didn't know the Lord Jesus that well. So there was this lady I liked that um, we were friends. All right? But she liked me to friend level but I wanted to upgrade, you understand? You know, there are some ladies that will say, no, it's primary school you will be for the rest of your life with me. But you want to go to university, she wasn't. So, do you know what I did? I'm still ashamed of it today. <laughs> I went to a place called SOM Field. It's in Luth. I, I'm, I'm a medical doctor. I, was, I schooled in Luth. So, I now began to pray. So, let me tell you my prayer point? I said, Father, I command our spirit to love me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I command our spirit to love me. I called her name. Begin to respond. Begin to respond. I put thumbs on top. Because I felt that there was a walk of darkness that was preventing the plan of God. (laughs) 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 Nonsense. (laughs) Praise God. If you are doing that or you are planning to do it, it is nonsense. Glory to God. Now, I thank God that those stupid prayers were not answered. Glory to God. Uh huh. Now, so the reason why Jesus had to interpret the Old Testament writings and show them himself from those writings is because he was, when you read the Old Testament, they didn't write Jesus, Jesus everywhere. All right? Jesus was there in a figure, in a typology. John 3. Jesus himself speaking. And verse 13. He says, And no man, are we there? John 3 13. He says, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Verse 14. Everybody read. He says, What? And as what? Come on, talk to me, church. And as what? Moses lifted up what? The serpent in the wilderness. Even so must what? The Son of Man be what? Now, where is Jesus quoting from? Numbers. The book of Numbers 21. Verse 5. Pay attention. It says, And the people speak against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loaded this light bread. <laughs> Hallelujah. The light bread, that's manna. Manna, they loaded it. Our soul loaded it. Our soul looted it. Hmm. Like some people, they are like, every time, Bible, 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 give us extra. Uh-uh. Let's do something. Praise God. I just buy you. Spice it up. Okay, just Bible, Bible, Bible. Just teaching, teaching, teaching. Spice it up. Put some joke there. Praise God. Put some John Maxwell, some principles. Spice it. Our soul noted this bread. <laughs> Glory to God. We're tired of the bread. Ah, uh one, one time I was. I one church, a young man came to me and said, "Pastor, I like your teaching ministry. I like the word." He said, "But you see, can we not just be like other churches? You know, can we like you no know, comedy? You know, you know, let's just you know do some things like you know people can win gifts and you know and you know you know things like that. That's so money, just You see, you see, the youths will be attracted to it. No, actually, the goats is, are the ones that will be attracted. You understand? You see, because you see, um, these guys were goats. I hope you know they were goats. God was trying to transform them into sheep." wanted them to be born again, but they were refusing. You understand? So you see, you see, when you have a church filled with unbelievers, this is how they are. So you must understand types and shadows. Amen. Amen. You must understand it. When you see, when your soul begins to get used to the word, you are you are are backsliding. When your soul no longer hungers, you are under attack. Amen. See, do you know I know I am under attack? When I begin to find, drag to go and open my Bible to read. See, on that, when you're under a spiritual attack, it's not when one witch appear and you Hey, kill them, I have come to destroy you! No! That one is notly Wood. The devil will first come. It's notly Wood, that one. The way the devil will come first is this. Your spiritual life. That word, you'll come for it. You just find out that like you didn't read your Bible, you know, for like three weeks and counting. And you have normalized. You understand? So when people are quoting it, you will quote it that you know it, but you have not you are not feeding on it. Then you now normalize not praying. You will normalize praying along, you know, just you know, a You're not spending time concentrating, you are under attack because you see, before the evil day comes, the devil will try to weaken your strength. He's coming, but he will plan it well. You understand? Because you see, when the devil wants to fry your dodo, he is very patient. Are you following? The devil is a patient dodo friar. He will fry very carefully. So, first of all, he will get you away from the word. Then, get you away from prayer. Then, the next thing you do is, he will get you away from a godly company. So, you will get offended. Because, see, you're not feeding on the word. You are not getting through the spirit of God in prayer. So, you are going to be in the flesh. So, you get easily irritable and easily offended. Soon, soon, you will separate from the church where you have that fellowship where people can spoil you up, where a word can come and change you and charge you up, you know. So, you now be on your, by your own. Eh, uh-huh. hey! When you're on your own, that's when, bam, you strike. The devil we this is his, uh, this is his, this is his strategy. Distract, offend, isolate, destroy. Glory to God. Now, let's look at this. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Our soul loaded this light bread. It loaded it. Nonsense. Give us give sweer. Us and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they beat the people. And much people of Israel died. Now, I, 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 when you see, and the Lord sent fiery serpents, all right, you know, in the Hebrew, there's no causative and permissive in the verbs, all right, because they were in the wilderness and fiery serpents were already there. So what was happening was that the fiery serpents were kept from biting them before because of the presence of God. Remember that the presence of God followed them wherever they went. There was a pillar of cloud and there was a what? Uh, a pillar of fire and a what and, uh, and a pillar of cloud. That was, you know, so because of that presence, the serpents didn't bite them. But when they began to speak against God and against Moses, that presence lifted and the serpents were able to what? to bite them, all right? And they began to die. Now, let, let's look at what now happens. Next verse, everybody, can we read? It says what? No, no, everybody now. Read, want to go. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned, for we have spoken against... Notice who they spoke against. They spoke against who? The Lord, all right? And against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us and Moses prayed for the people. Let us look at where Christ shows up here. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a word fiery serpent, and set it upon what? A pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is beaten, when he looketh upon it, he shall what? Shall live. So the fiery serpent was on a pole lifted up. Praise God. Now when you read that, without Christ's lens, you don't see Christ there. You just see fiery serpent on a pole. Correct? Correct? But then let go and read that John 3, better, 14. Go back. John 3:14 Because remember John 3:14 is in the same neighborhood with John 3:16. Is that correct? Uh-huh. So, look at it again. It says, "And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be what? Lifted up." That that what? Whosoever does what, believeth in him, should not what? But have what? So in the Old Testament, looking was living. So they looked to the serpent on the pole and they lived. Jesus says that the looking in the Old Testament actually means what? Believing. So he's saying, just as the brazen serpent was placed on the pole... I will be lifted up like that happened. So that means the lifting up, Jesus is referring to his what? His death. Remember this place where he says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will what? Draw all men unto me. That being lifted up from the earth is talking about what? His crucifixion, his death. So you know that song that says, Lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher, lift him high for the world to see. You understand? For if he, he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto... What you are saying is that we should kill Jesus again. Because the context of lift him up is not let us be okay and praise him. No. According to the scriptures, to lift him up like the serpent was lifted up is to what? To kill him. To crucify him. Praise God. It's figurative. Amen? Amen. Amen. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Now, let me show you another one. Another typology. Praise God. Now, you have the story of Jonah. Praise God. Jonah. Matthew chapter 12. What I'm trying to show you is the figurative Christ in the Old Testament, but is in typology. But to understand and see Christ there, you must look at, look at things with the lens of Christ. Praise God. Now, so you find that we also have the typologies of Christ in the Old Testament writings. Now, look at Matthew chapter number 12. Let me come down a bit. Verse 38. Are you there? Can we read? One, two, go. What do you say? Yes. Matthew 12, 38. Then setting. I don't know what is that one. What are you doing? It's Matthew I said though. Yes. I have Matthew. Yeah. Uh-huh. That one is not Matthew. <laughs> uh, amen. Because <laughs> I'm not seeing a vision. And you people are seeing the reading. Is that not what is there? Then setting of the what? scribes and of the Pharisees, answered saying, Master, we would see a what? A sign from thee. So they said, you know what they said? They said, listen, listen, uh, you are the Messiah. Demo for us now. Do something. You understand? Moses parted the Red Sea. Moses dropped a rod and he became a what? A serpent. Moses put his hand inside his, you know, and he became leprous. You do something. What are you doing? You understand? Do something. Demo. Give us a sign. Then look how Jesus said, next verse. He said, but he answered and said unto them, listen, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after what a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of prophet who? Jonas. next verse. What was the sign of prophet Jonas? Now, listen, when you read the book of Jonah, believe me, when you read it literally, you will never ever see Christ there. Correct? You will never see Christ there. But Jesus says, Jonah's story is talking about me. Look at it. He said, For as Jonas was what? Three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be where, Three days and three nights where? In the heart of the heart. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? So you see that it's figurative. So Christ was showing them, in Luke 24, 27 and 44, he was showing himself in the scriptures. Glory to God. Then we now also find that the epistles did the same thing. Right? The epistles, they did exactly the same thing. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 1. We'll read from verse 1 into 6. Because <clears throat> today we're going to we now look at, uh, go deeper on explaining dominion and authority. Dominion to the man in Christ is not dominion over seven. Have you ever heard people talk about this um, dominion over the seven mountains? Have you heard those stuff? Talk to me now. Seven mountains, where they say media, sports, yeah. politics. Oh, yeah. Come on now. You've not heard that. The teaching of dominion over mountains. They were talking about mountain of media, mountain of sports, mountain of politics, mountain of which one again? Eh? Entertainment. Mountain of which one again? Family. The mountain of music. So they will now say that as believers, you have to walk in dominion. And they'll be talking about those things. So from there, that's why you now have people talking about shining and having dominion in the banking world. Uh-huh. Apostle to the marketplace. Hey, God, we have mercy on us. Apostle to the marketplace. You are not afraid. Apostle to the marketplace. And what they are talking about is that, for example, I'm a banker by God's grace. You know, someone, whenever I tell people I'm a banker, they're like, I don't ask What do you mean? You're a doctor? Yeah, and I'm a banker. It's a long story. You understand? It's a very long story. All right? <laughs> so, and that's what the purpose is. It's just a long story. So, that's okay. Now, I Banker, I should now be an apostle to the marketplace. I'm not preaching, no. In that marketplace. But I am an, an apostle to my kids. I will design product and solution. Then people will now be hailing me. Ah, he's a brilliant man like Daniel. And he says an apostle to my Hey, hey, eh, eh, no. Yeah, I can do that. I should excel at my job. But do not call, do not misuse the Bible. An apostle is an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Apostolos. It means that the Lord Jesus sent him. And everybody Jesus sent in the Bible, he sent to do what? To preach the gospel. Glory to God. Not excellent banker. Not excellent doctor. No. Preach the gospel. You can be a good doctor, but preach the gospel. That's ministry. Ministry. Ministry service is in the gospel, sir. In the gospel. I have some entertainment friends, and many of them, they always say things like, you hear know, people say, that, oh, my pulpit is my, my, my music. God bless you. Okay, so God, the Lord is ministering to us by those ladies shaking bum bum on the screen. Is that, is that you know, yeah, I'm at the top of, no, 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 calm down. Let's look at the Bible properly. Praise God. Excel at your field. Shine there. Do a great job. Hallelujah. Amen. But also minister the gospel to the people that you have around there. Amen. Preach the gospel to them. Preach the gospel to them. Don't say, because I'm the best, my, I'm meeting my KPIs, I am shining the glory. No. uh, 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 Preach the gospel to them. They can like your KPI and hail you for it and still go to hell because you said nothing. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, everybody are you ready? So the apostles did the same thing. They took the figures of Christ in the Old Testament, then they explained it in the New. Are you ready? Now look at it. Everybody read. It says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Everybody, verse 2, read. It says, But I have renounced the eating things of dishonesty, not working in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. This is another sermon. We'll talk about it later. In that how your conduct must be such that when unbelievers view it, there is nothing in there that will stand as a stumbling block against them receiving the gospel. Praise God. So your lifestyle matters. Glory to God. Now, next verse. He now says, But if our gospel be what? Heed. It is heed to them that are what? Uh huh. Next verse. In "In whom the God of this world hath blinded the what the minds of them which believe not. Now notice, we explained two weeks ago that this lost and the blindness of their mind is speaking of Genesis one two. How many of you remember? Aha. Uh-huh. Now, he now says, In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should what? Shine unto them. Next verse. He now says, For we preach not ourselves, but what? Christ Jesus the Lord, our and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. Now, verse 6 says, For God, who commanded what? The light to what? Shine out of darkness at what? Shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what does Paul do here? Paul explains to us Genesis 1, 3. So when God said, let there be light, what was that light referring to? It's the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. We are in the face of Jesus Christ. Are you getting that? Are you getting it? Ah, Very important. So, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Glory to God. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. So the truths in the New Testament are in the Old Testament, but they are concealed in the, uh, that they are presented in stories, figures of speech, metaphors, that it is in the New Testament that they are completely what? Unveiled. And you say, oh, that's what he's talking about here. Oh, that's what he's talking about there. Let me show you one more. Let me show you one. And it's about sleep. Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Sleep. How I many of you have ever wondered why Jesus never said people, whenever he met someone who was died, who, who was dead, Jesus never said the person was dead. Jesus always said the person is sleeping. How many of you have noticed that? Now, many of us felt like, you know, I still do, you know, feel that it was fit, you know, it was a fit, comp- you know, was fit. You know, oh, no, it's not dead, He's asleep. But there's a scriptural reason why Jesus did that. And it was so that we would understand something. And we will understand the gospel in Genesis. Now look at the book of Genesis chapter number 2. Amen. Let's start from verse 17. Are you ready? I don't know if you are learning something. I don't know if you are learning something. Praise God. Now it says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. 18, everybody read. It says what? But the Lord God said, It is not what? Church now. It is not what? uh uh-huh. Now, you know how many of us know that this is the scripture maybe we use for marriage. Right? It is not good for man to be alone. Now, if that scripture was for marriage. If that's what it was about, it would mean that God is saying being single is not good. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what it means. Because When he says it is not good for man to be alone, basically, he's saying it is not good for a man to be what? By himself. It's not good for a man to be single. You understand? But that's not what he's saying. Oh boy, I I heard a message where a man of God was condemning single people. I mean, it was really heavy condemnation. All right, and he quoted this verse. But that's not what he's talking about. Because Jesus was single. Wasn't Jesus single? Wasn't Paul single? Come on now, talk to me. Wasn't Paul single? And there were a lot of people that were eunuchs. There are many people that, you know, they are single. Glory to God. I'm talking of single and not fornicating, you Mm -hmm. You understand? Not people that I'm single, but they are breaking out everywhere. Mm mm. They are single and they are celibate. That's what we are saying. Amen. Good. Now, he says, where where was I? 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and what? Help meet for him. I will explain that. Then let's go to verse 21. Or 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl. Of the air and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found what an help meat for him. Twenty-one, and the Lord God did what caused a what, a what, a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he what a woman, and brought her unto the man. Okay, so what is this saying? God God, God is telling us there was a man, he was by himself. Right? Then, God saw the man and said, it is not good for this man to be alone. Then he says, we will make a help meet for him because he can't fulfill the purpose alone. So what did God do? God caused that man to go into a deep sleep. Glory to God, pay attention. He caused the man to go into a deep sleep. Then God walked on the man. After God was done, the man woke up from that sleep, not one, but what? Two. (laughs) Glory to God. Now let us now hear what the man now said after he woke up. He now says, and Adam said, everybody read, he says what? And Adam said what? This is now what? Bone of my bones. And flesh of my flesh, she shall be called what? Because she was taken out of what? Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto what? And they shall be what? One flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not what? Ashamed. Uh huh. Okay. So, what is this about? Glory to God. Now, can we start from sleep? Can we start from sleep? Glory to God. I didn't say sleep. I said, Sammy starts from sleep. Glory to God. All right. Now, let us look at the scriptures that talk about sleep when Jesus spoke about them and when the apostles, all right, spoke it, talk about them. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 24. Because deep sleep, what does that mean? So, when Jesus talked about sleep, what, what, what did he do? Because there was nobody else. That said that someone who was dead was sleeping. I mean, if you understand what I'm saying, nobody else, Jesus alone, and the apostles, and Jesus was the first person that did it. Now look at what? Matthew 9:24. Everybody we want to go. He said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not what? But what? And they laughed him to scorn. Then the next verse 25. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid what? Notice, every time Jesus uses that word sleep, he always brought that person back to life. Right? Just as Adam went into a deep sleep and was brought what? Back to life. Typologies. Praise God. Typologies. So the raising of the dead of Jesus was to pass a message. What message? I am the resurrection and I am the what? and the life. Glory to God. Now, let us also see John chapter 1 and verse 11. Is it John 1, 11? John 11, 1. Yes. Now, a certain man Alright, can we read? Then John eleven one. 1, sorry. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Next verse, he says, It was that Mary which, was, which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, next verse, verse 3, he says what? Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold him, blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay, go on, go on, please, let's read. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto what? Death, but for the what glory of God, that the Son of God might be what? Glorified therefore. Hmm. Typology. John 7, 37. When Jesus just wrote about the spirit, he said that, he says, if any man come to me, is hungry and, and thirsty, let him come unto me. All right? For as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall what, flow what? Rivers of living water. And he said, this spake he of the spirit, which them that believe on him should receive. For the spirit had not come for what? Jesus Christ had not yet been what? Jesus Christ has not yet been what? Which means the glorification of Jesus is speaking of what? His what? Resurrection. So this one says, "This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be what glorified thereby." So he's saying, by what we that is going to happen in the case of Lazarus, glory to God, is a pointer to the glorification of Jesus. Praise God. Now, next verse. He now says, "Next verse. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Please go on. Let's go where he told." Uh, now, when he had therefore that he was sick, he abode to the places where he was. Next verse, then after that, said it to his disciples, "Let us go into Judea again." Go on to the next verse. His disciples say unto him, "Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again?" Jesus answered, "Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumble not, because he seeth the light of this world." Let's go where he talks about Lazarus is asleep. I go there to wake him. Eleven, right? Now he said, this thing said he, and after that he said unto them, our friend Lazarus does what? Sleeper. But um, I go that I might what? wake him up, make him out of what? Sleep. Next verse. They now say, if he sleeps, because they are asking because he says sleep. So they are like, what, are you, what do you mean sleep? He says, then he said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall what? Do well. Next verse. Jesus speaks plainly. How did Jesus speak of his death? but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in what? Now, I'm even announcing the challenge in Old Testament language, in that we are like the disciples here. Amen? We are often like the disciples here when a word is used, and we think, oh, this is what it means. Not knowing that there is, it's a figurative terminology. So he says, how be Jesus speak of his death? But they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. Lo, next verse, it now says, Then said Jesus unto them plain, Lazarus is what? He's dead. So that means sleep is Jesus' metaphor for what? For death. So when the Bible tells us that Adam entered into a what? A deep sleep. He is telling us figuratively, glory to God, that Adam went into what? Death. And it was out of death. Or by a resurrection from the death that the woman was able to what? Come out of him. Now, why is this important? Because Adam in Scripture is a typology of Christ. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 14. 2nd Corinthians 5, 14. Adam is a typology of Christ. You know, Adam is not a name. How many of you know Adam is not a name? Yes. Right? Because Jesus is second Adam. So, Adam is a function. It's a typology. Adam just means a progenitor. Now, alright, praise God. Alright, where does it say, Corinthians. No, uh-uh. Second Corinthians 5, verse 14. Alright, can we read? What does it say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, go on. Sorry, Romans five and verse fourteen. Apologies. Now, Romans five fourteen. Uh-huh. Now everybody read it says what? Now remember, Adam is a typology of Christ. He says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. But unto him which, oh, sorry, okay, Romans five fourteen. He said nevertheless death range from what Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transaction. Who is what? Who is what? Who is the figure of him that was to come? So that means Adam is the figure of. Adam that was to come. So, the first Adam is a figure of the last Adam. Are you following? So, to understand how the second Adam will bring about the family called the church, you have to look at what? How the first Adam brought about the woman. Do you understand? So, it is in that... Revelation, you will understand Christ's betting of the church. Ephesians chapter 4. <sighs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Now look at this. Did I say Ephesians 4? Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 and 21. So Adam is a figure of him that is to come. So when he tells us that, when, listen, pay attention. When he says, it is not good for man to be alone. It is the same expression where he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his what? Only begotten son. God's plan was not to have just one son. God's plan was to have a family of sons. Glory to God. So, when he says, it is not good for man to be alone, what he's saying is, it is not good for Christ to be a son alone by himself. Praise God. You understand? Because the plan of God was be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. So, he wanted a new race of men. Christ was the seed. You remember John 12? All right, It says, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground. It what? Abides alone. But if, fall, if it falls to the ground and it dies, praise God, it's going to have more seeds, just like itself. So, for Christ to rise up with the church... Debt was required. Hallelujah. Are you seeing this? That's what the scripture is telling us. Now see this. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Verse 21, Ephesians 5. Everybody read. It says what? Wives, submit yourself to your own what? Talk to me, church. Submit yourself unto your what? Own husbands as unto the Lord. So it's not women. Submit yourself to every man. It's to your own husband. Praise God now this scripture is not the primary thing being learned here is not submission to husband is church and christ as you will see next verse for look at it verse 23 it says for the what husband is the head of what even as what christ is the head of the church so he's using the relationship between christ and the church to teach you about husband and wife so husband and wife is a typology So it is a physical thing on the earth God has placed so that you can understand the spiritual reality. So when he says, I, the Lord, I hate divorce, what is he saying? He's saying, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. What has God joined together? It's not man and wife. It is Christ and the believer. You understand? So because I joined Christ to the believer, I do not like divorce. I don't want a separation because divorce is what? Separation. So the God that ate divorce cannot now separate from the believer. Praise God. So Paul comes and says, what can separate us? What can divorce us from the love of God? You see that? Glory to God. Now look at this. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. You see that? He's the what? Savior of the body. Next verse. And now says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Next verse. Husbands, love your wives. How? Even as what Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Brethren, how many of you agree with me that it's uh, we can only try to love our wives (laughs) as Christ loved the church? How many of you know we can try? Brothers, it's not possible. Oh, you, you think it's possible? Let me explain. <coughs> let, let me explain. You mean that this is like catching a grenade for her, you understand? You get, imagine this: your wife goes and looks for trouble, so that grenade is being thrown at her. Right? Then you now say, ah, my wife, I will chase the grenade for you. You understand? That's really, it takes the grace of God to die for your wife with no hope of resurrection immediately. <laughs> you know, especially when the wife is at work, it's God's grace, man. Praise the Lord. Now, because it's not because your wife was good. That's the analogy here. We were rebels. Your wife was bad and did something that is worthy of death and they said, she killed somebody. We're going to kill her to love your wife as Christ loved the church you say i oh, don't kill her kill me instead <laughs> i'm ever getting the picture yeah. i'm ever getting the picture that's what it means kill me instead let my life end rather than a life ends it's not going to you oh, say i love you it's so much no <laughs> it is kill me instead of her that's what it means So, the grace of God will help us in Jesus' name. Husband, love your (laughs) wives. All right? Uh, Even as guys also, and gave himself for it. Next verse. Hallelujah. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Next verse, everybody. He says, What? That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Next verse, too. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Hallelujah. So if you love your wife, you're loving yourself. If you buy a car for your wife, you're loving yourself. Glory to God. You surprise her with the latest iPhone watch. You're loving yourself. Praise, praise God. You buy her the best gifts. You're loving. You're loving yourself. Glory to God. I said. I didn't say girlfriend. I said wife. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wife. Amen. All right. She wants to deliver. You make sure she delivers in the best hospital. You're loving yourself. Glory to God. Because I found out something marriage: If your wife is not happy, you can never be happy. <laughs> if your wife is not, look, listen to me. This is how your wife is. If I'm not happy, if you are having a smile on her face, I'm going to take it away. <laughs> you understand? All right. So you have to make sure you love your wife. You are loving yourself. Peace of mind to your wife is a psychological, you know, it's good for your own health, mental health. Your wife is in pieces in her mind. You are going to. Don't worry, you get there. It's just a matter of time. Now it depends on you. You can say you are not disturbed. You're not listening. Don't worry. That's maybe your own time. Your refraction period is one day, two days, one week, a month. That place of pieces of your mind. You will get there, brother. So you better make sure you love your wife. Praise God. <laughs> you know. So hot man, when she just comes, we need to talk. Boom, your peace is gone. So ought men to love their wives even as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Now, next verse. He says what? Pay attention. For no man, you know, he's still talking as though his wife We are talking about to a marriage. Now says, for no man ever yet ate his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherished it even as the Lord, the church. So that means, what is he telling us? He's telling us that the church is the flesh and the body of the Lord. That's what he's saying, right? Huh. Now, next verse. Even as the Lord, the church. Next verse. For we are what? Members of his body. Of his what? Of his flesh. And of his what? He didn't say we are members of his body, of his spirit. No, sir. He said of his flesh and of his bones. So if you touch the church, you have touched the bones of Jesus. So that means salvation is a union with Christ. Just as marriage is a union between a man and a woman. Next verse. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And they too shall be what? Now here is the kicker. The very next verse. it now says what? This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Ah. So that means, alright, for this cause shall a man become one flesh with his wife. It's a mystery that speaks especially to Christ and what? The church. You seen that? So you can see figurative speech that refers to who? Christ Jesus. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So we are one with Christ, just like a man is one with his wife. Glory to God. God is not going to separate himself from us, just as God hates divorce. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, if a man divorces, does it mean that God rejects him? No. So when God says, I hate divorce, that hatred of divorce is speaking more to the union between Christ and, world and the church. In that God says, I hate divorce, he is saying, I will not separate from you. Anyone that calls on the name of the Lord, I won't cast them out. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. How many of you are ready for one more? No, one more. If you're tired, I can stop. Ah? Huh? Do we have a consensus? We have one more. Figures of speech. Good. Let me show you. Go to Genesis one. Ah, zigora baba Hmm. One of the greatest shock of my life. <laughs> what I'm about to share with you now. How many of you remember the children of Israel? Where did the children of Israel grow up before they left Egypt? Where did they grow up? Where did they grow up? Goshen. Okay, where was Goshen? In Egypt. Now, was Egypt a Christian country? Was it a Christian country? They were an idolatrous country, correct? Correct? Good. So they were a country given to idols. Which means that if the children of Israel grew up in Egypt, they would have grown up knowing what? They would have grown up knowing what? Idols, right? Now, if you were sent to speak... Guys, now, listen to me. Emma, look at me. Look at me now. If I showed you green, white, green, what does that mean to you? What does it mean? It means the national flag. Right? So that means, if you wanted to speak to a Nigerian, I wanted to say, Nigerian, what would you use? Green, white, green, because it was a flag. But if you wanted to use, speak to an American, you would do this in the sprinkled banner, right? All right, and Oh, America. So that means, it is good to speak to people in the context of their society. That's how they are going to understand you. Is that correct? Is that correct? Now, Moses grew up where? Where? In Egypt. He grew up in Egypt for how many years? 80 years. In fact, Moses was someone who was trained in the universities of Egypt. Which means that his style of communication will have Egyptian influences. Hey, hey. Listen, the Bible is not against intelligence. It's not against intelligence. Some people think that for you to be religious you must be stupid. No, sir. Your brain must not, you must see, when you're coming to church, you must come to church with your brain. I saw a story, very sad story. A man went to pray, and they were praying for him, and they put seven, no, it's not funny, because the man died. They put seven candles on him, around him, and he was holding a candle. Then as they were praying, they now took perfume, and began to, I, I was like, dear Lord Jesus, I mean, dear God, did, was this, is this, I mean, I mean, this is murder by stupidity. And they sprayed perfume on him, and perfume are flammable. It is like someone is surrounded by fire, and he holds a candle with fire, then you spray him where? He got, he caught fire. His body lit up, obviously. And he began to burn. And they took him to, what do you call it? They took him to the hospital, and he died. The holy is in prison now. You must not, because if your brain is this infest, you should be asking, what are we doing we can't do? Is there no light? You understand? Then, as soon as you wanted to spray perfume, hey, wait, Even your brain must come with you to church. Any form of teaching that says suspend your brain, you must be very careful. Amen? Amen. Look at neighbor and say, when you are coming to church, bring your brain with you. Amen. What some people do is that when they are coming to church, they just say, all right, we're coming to church, this brain, we don't need it. Just take it, just put it outside there, let's come in here and just, you know, come and get the garbage and we go and take our brains. No, sir. Your brain is important because you need it in Bible study. Amen. So did you get what I just explained? Yes, now go to Genesis one twenty-six. I will just stop here because of time. I'll just give you something. A little. Next week we will go deep on authority, dominion and all of that. Hmm. <laughs> he says, and everybody can read. It. One, two, go. Hi, you mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now, if he. When you read this on his office, you're going to be thinking that. What God is saying is, ah, you know. Ability to kill fish and birds. So some people are saying that God has made man as the most the superior animal to dominate other animals. I mean, we have heard stuff like that. So you can keep fish and that's <laughs> not what he's talking about. How do we know? Well, this is the first time authority is mentioned in scripture. So by via the law of first, because dominion is the Hebrew basilia. Basilia, Basilia. So Basilia is talking about reign, the reign of a king. That's authority. You understand? Now, this is the first time you see this in scripture. Okay? So let me show you where other places where you have authority use. Luke 10, 19, turning them. You will find out that when authority is mentioned, all right, we don't see fish of the sea, bed of the air, you don't see all of that. It's never mentioned. Nobody's talking about fish or stuff. Right? Now, uh-huh. behold, I give unto you what? Power. This word power is exousia. So it is correctly translated as what? Authority. Exousia is authority. It says, behold, I give unto you authority to tread on what? Serpents and scorpions. Uh-huh. And over what? All the what? power of the enemy. This is kai, which means even over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Which means serpents and scorpions are figurative for ability of the enemy. You see that? You see that? So, when he's talking of authority, he's using it in context of what? Demonic spirits. Ephesians 1. Another one. Ephesians 1 verse 19. Just want to show you quick, 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 quick. Ephesians 1, Are you learning something? Are you learning something? Yes, sir. He says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? Next verse. He says, Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and, set, and raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Next verse. He now says, Far above what? And power. And might and what? Dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. So when he's talking about authority and dominion, he's talking about it in respect to what? Principality and what? Power. Might and what? Dominion. Is this clear? Not fish, not bed, not... You understand? So which means that if principalities and powers, demonic spirits, is what we find in the explanation. You know, the Old Testament explains the word... The New Testament explains the word, the old. So if, if, if authorities use, alright, to talk about your dominion over these spiritual entities, it would mean that these spiritual entities are spoken of figuratively. Where? Where? In Genesis. Okay? Do you understand? Okay, good. Now, let me now explain. We now have to say, what is he talking about? In Egypt's mythology, in the way they worship and, uh, and stuff. You can, this stuff is even online. You can check it out. They had a pantheon of gods. And many times, what they did was that they erected images all over Egypt in honor of these gods. So when you entered the temple of that god, you will see the image. Are you following what I'm saying? All right. So you will see the image. So for example, the Egypt had a god called Horus. All right. Horus was represented with the image of a bird's head. The head of a bird. Okay? Alright? Alright. Then they had a god who was represented with the head of a fish. You understand? Right? So, you also had a god that was represented with the head of a serpent. So, in Egypt, the gods were represented with images of animals. Praise God. Many of you also notice that majority of the plagues in Egypt involved animals. Come on, our church now. Represent animals. They even had a god whose was represented with the head of a cow. That was why the Egyptians didn't rear cattle. Like the Indians don't eat. Don't kill cow. you know that? They have some animals that are... Because they are idolaters. So, when Moses was saying... Uh, let us make one in image. God said, let us make one in our image after a likeness, And let them have dominion over the world. The fish of the sea. Over the world, the fowl of the air. And over the world, the cattle. And over what? Every creeping thing. Right, what he was actually saying was the spirits behind those idols that had you bound you jews okay all right in egypt when the new creation comes he will have dominion and authority over them so he's telling you that in the new creation In the image of God, which is Christ Jesus, the man who is made in accordance with that image, we have dominion over these guys. Praise God. So that God had to... Because the Bible lets us know that God judged the gods of Egypt to bring them out. God had to be involved to bring them out. In our redemption... God had to be involved to bring us out. After He has brought us out and given us the authority, He doesn't have to be involved again. To deal with the demons, now you shall cast them out. You don't need to call God. Because in the new creation, you have dominion. Oh, hallelujah. Are you seeing it? You have what? Dominion. So when there's a demon, you don't say God. God, no. You are not in Egypt. You are being redeemed. The redeemed of the Lord has authority over these spirits. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed this morning? So you can now see you're a new creation. Look at me where? Authority is yours. Oh, What are you talking about? Authority is yours. Wherever you see the devil, you say, for this cause, I was manifested, hallelujah, to destroy. My example is not the first Adam. My example is who? The second Adam. Second and last, the one who died so that when he rises from the dead, just as when Adam rose from the dead, he rose up with the woman Jesus rose from the dead and rose up with the church. Hallelujah. Praise God. And because Jesus rose up, it means a family rose up. No wonder Isaiah said, I and the children that the Lord has given me, they are for what? Signs and wonders. Then Hebrews 2 now tells us that Isaiah was speaking prophetically about Christ. Because in Hebrews 2.13, he quotes it, I and the children that the Lord has given me. Glory to God! So He sanctified, but not alone. Again, He sanctified with the children the Lord has given Him. When did the Lord give Him those children? When He rose from the dead. Can somebody shout Hallelujah? Hallelujah. So as He is, so are we in this world. Praise God! Hallelujah. We have dominion to trample on serpents, and it is an anomaly for you to come. Against devils, I said the devils did not go. No, sir. You were created for the purpose of dominion. Over principalities and over powers. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. I said glory to God. So a devil comes, you're having a dream, some funny stuff is happening. Wake up and stand in your place. Stand in your purpose. You are chief oppressor of the devil. The devil should be having sleepless nights about you. Not you having sleepless nights over the devil. Glory to God. You should be the reason why the devil is on antidepressants. Are you following what I'm saying? You should be the reason why he's taking psychotic drugs. The devil needs a shrink right now because you know who you are now. You understand your dominion. Hallelujah. Praise God. I said praise God. Praise God. So when you pray, pray with like a man with authority. When you talk, talk like a man with authority. Don't be talking fear. Don't be saying, you see, we don't know how it will turn out. We are not, we are not what? No, sir. We have dominion over here. Hallelujah. We know where we are going. We know how it's gonna turn out. Why? We are in the new Adam. We are in the new creation. We know, we know, we know. Oh, my brother died before, or something, something. Oh, we know where he is. He's not dead, he's asleep. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's right now with Jesus Christ. He's having a nice time, and I'm going to see him again. I can cry for a while. I can, you know, you know no, I'm not going to see him again. We know. We are not shaky. We are not wondering. We are not asking God why. You know, don't talk. Like, what are you talking about? Hey, you know, we're going to see the person again. people say, oh, someone died, so I don't believe in God again. What do you mean? The person that died, that is with Jesus, he'll be asking, what what is wrong with you? Did I tell you to complain to you? Did I tell you to come and help me? I'm having a nice time. What do you mean you don't believe in God because I left? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, for the sermon you just heard, you should be rejoicing more than you currently are, you know? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rise up on your feet and shout, I have authority. Glory. Hallelujah. You have authority in Christ. You are not alone. You are joined to Jesus. You are joint hands with Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and just worship the Lord and pray in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You say, Pastor, but I have I've not been living a good life. I've not, I have not, I have not done this, I have not done that. Hey, I know, I know, sir, I know, sir, I know, sir, and I know some have said that you should come back to Jesus. Brother, you never left. You believed in Jesus. Yes, you've wobbled in your walk, but Jesus never left you. Jesus never left you. Jesus never left you. He's in you, he's in you, he's been reaching out to you. He's the voice telling you, Come to church, come and hear the word. I love you because he would never leave you. I am the Lord. I hate divorce. He's not going to separate himself from you. What can separate us from the love of God? God is not separate from you in Christ Jesus. You are one with him and you are his temple. So walk as you should walk in dominion over the devil. In dominion over sin In dominion over the works of darkness For this is why You were created For this cause The Son of Man came To make you and I One with Him Hallelujah Praise God Go ahead and rejoice in the Holy Ghost Celebrate Come on Celebrate, celebrate Hallelujah Hallelujah Glory to God Woo Amen Praise God Amen. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.